0: Hello, everyone. Oh, Hello, it's everyone. so nice to see all your wonderful faces. Uh, I'm sure more yeah. people will coming into this space um, over the next five minutes, but let's get started. Thank you for being here for our first Dumbo Feather and Small Giants conversations. Um, we have so many incredible people uh, in the Dumbo Feather community uh, to speak to, and we're going to use this platform to bring them to you. And we're going to do this as, off, as much as we need to every Monday at this time uh, over the next few weeks and um, I think it's going to be really special for us to come together and hear all of the wisdom that we have to share. I'm Nathan, I'm the editor at Dumbo Feather and I'm really thrilled to be in conversation today with uh, someone who's very dear to me. Um, She someone who's had a very big influence in my life actually and um, it's Barry Lieberman. She's the co-founder of Small Giants and publisher of Dumbo Feather. So hello, Bez, wherever you are. I can't Hi. see you yet, but
1: we'll um, be you hearing can...
0: from Bez shortly.
1: If you want oh, to know you. how to scroll, do you want to teach everyone how to, well, if, you, if you haven't done this before, there's pages and pages of us and you scroll to the left or the right and you can see all the other beautiful faces that everyone has given us their lunch hour um you can see each other which is so nice
0: yeah so this is a a bit of an experiment for us this is new technology we're testing so please bear with us um uh, you're all you're all you're all muted at the moment please stay muted um there will be an opportunity for you to to share and connect towards the end so but if we can just stay muted for this first little while we are gathered on many parts of the country um potentially overseas as well i'm not sure but um, I'd like to acknowledge that we are meeting here on, on many different parts of the country. And I myself am in the, the, the lounge room of my Faulkner home, which is a northern suburb in Melbourne. And it is the land of the Woi people of the Kulin Nations. And not far from me is the Merry Creek, which was an important sacred meeting site for the Woi people. And it's been a really restorative landscape for me. And especially at this time, I'm going down to the creek every day and making friends with the trees. Um, And I'm really grateful for the stewardship that's been shown to this land for tens of thousands of years. And I'm really interested in in learning about the wisdom and learning about the caretaking that's happened um, over that time and and being able in community to really show and call forth that same stewardship um, now and over this time and many years to come. Um, I pay my respects to those traditional owners and the elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge that this land has not yet been ceded. I thought what could be really fun is for anyone who does know the the traditional country they're on right now to actually use the chat function and um, type it in there so we can get a sense of where you're all at. If you you can do chatting down the bottom. um, Under more, there's that chat function. Yeah, exactly, you guys seem to know what you're doing. Beautiful um so the format of our weekly lunchtime gatherings will begin with uh, a half hour with our with our guest we have the next five programmed um Hugh McKay is with us next week then we have Lydia Fairhall who was the cover of on the cover of issue 60 Catherine Ingram who I've seen out there hello Catherine she's a Dharma resilience teacher a true legend And Claire Dunn, who's in our mysticism issue rewilding expert. So um, there'll be conversations with those guests. And then in the next part, we're going to invite um, you all to break out into smaller groups and actually do a check-in with one another, Um, small groups of about four or five. You'll be randomly put into these groups. Um, Have a check-in, share how you're feeling. And I might invite uh, you to ponder a question that kind of draws from the conversation. So we'll do that for 15 minutes after the conversation. And then we'll come back together in this group again for for 10 minutes of of question and answer. If you have questions for our guests, um, please again type them into the chat function uh, of Zoom. Um, Let me have a look. What else do I need to tell you? These are free sessions. It's really important. We are offering this to our community for free. Um, we, We are publishing Dumbo Feather magazine at the moment still, and we'd really encourage you, if you're not already, to please become a subscriber and support our work. Um, We offer print and digital subscriptions at dumbofeather.com. You can sign up there. And we are also today actually launching, very softly launching a new content platform through the Small Giants website. Well, maybe not today, perhaps later in the week, but we're starting to populate that with a lot of new content interviews articles around how we can actually be part of bringing about the new economy so please check that out as well um smallgiants.com.au is the website there okay Um, before we hear from barry i'm going to just invite you all to drop in with your space maybe closing down your eyes if you feel comfortable to do so and starting to pay attention to the inhale and the exhale of your breath. Feeling the land that is supporting you. Imagining roots stemming from your body into the ground and connecting with that incredible root system beneath us that enables all life. Maybe making your exhale a little longer than your inhale to calm down your body and your nervous system. and gently coming back into your space, opening your eyes. I hear, very, hello love.
1: Oh, my God, this is the funniest. We've been battling this <laughs> all week to see who is the puppet master and has control of the mute button. <laughs> and I had to I had to ask to be unmuted. It's very hard for a woman like me to be <laughs> muted.
0: <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank
1: That's you for that beautiful arrival. I needed to be grounded because I was, like, off and away. <laughs> good.
0: That was good. I just wanted to begin by asking um, a little about what these past few weeks have been like for you, really. Um, we at Small Giants, all small giants businesses, um, went into working from home and started, we were really encouraged to isolate, physically isolate, um, about three weeks ago, so a week before the government made some of their announcements. Yeah. So we've been getting used to um, working from home, I think this is our third week now. We're in a bit of more of a routine. I know you've got the kids at home, you're homeschooling, um, you're managing the businesses. There's a lot going on there. Um, how, are you, how are you doing? Where are you at?
1: Oh, grateful for the meditation at the start of this mm-hmm. for that reason. And, and please, you know, uh, I'm sure it's true for everyone now that it's highly likely my children will come screaming through the door. Uh, and interrupting at any moment, so my nervous system is alert for that. This sort of like boundarylessness of life is really um, interesting to navigate, and there's just a lot of inner resource required. And so I'm I'm really orienting towards any inner resources I have, and any really smart people I know who are um, able to implement these kind of soft boundaries, boundaries that are containers for everyone. Um, useful containers I think that um, I'm doing my best every day like everyone on this call having three small children and and many businesses I, I really just my focus has been on everyone's inner lives um that that was the first few weeks just seeing how we all were feeling and being with ourselves we we're actually um we're down at our farm called Mossy Willow Farm. If you are on Instagram, you guys should check it out. And if you need a box of fresh, organic, lovingly grown veggies, then we are all set for our COVID emergency. You can order and pay online, and um, just come and pick up your boxes either from Melbourne or from the farm. So we've been we've been in sort of crisis management and pivoting for the pandemic in all of the businesses. So that's been the technical. Um, that's been the technical kind of manifestation, crisis management, scenario planning and strategy and then implementation, uh, while simultaneously me just being really vigilant around everyone's inner lives. Um, I've found that once the sort of online schooling kicked in, I kind of lost it a bit because I lost the ability to hold the structure for the kids. Um, And we had to get the layout of the house right for it to work and, and for me not to lose my mind and, and lose my um, ability to hold the different things I'm holding. Um, and interestingly, when I'm speaking, I'm, I just, I've been thinking about this a lot the last few days and I want to just name it. I want to name my extraordinary privilege. So I am in a context with everything that I say of profound privilege pretty much on every level of my life. Um, I've always been aware of that. It informs me enormously. I am conscious of it and I just want to say that out loud at the start, that that, um, that privilege means... I have certain capacity and certain containers I'm living in that uh, enable me and allow me to say certain things and live certain truths that uh, I'm very conscious right now of the suffering in the world and the suffering nearby uh, people who are not living in those containers of privilege. Um, and, and you know, a good friend of mine this morning, uh, she said something really brilliant. She, I want to get it right how she said it. But she said, guilt isn't the medicine that we need right now mm. so I am acknowledging my privilege because I feel like it enables me to to think and keep coming up for air and keep creating the space between um adaptation and innovation and dreaming and creating the future so I'm really navigating that That was a really long answer to your question No, oh, that's anyway. good but the
0: the, the comment about privileges. Is really a really important one because it makes me think. I um, We sent an email out to the Dumbo Feather community late last week, and I was kind of talking about this time as being an invitation for us. or oh, first of all, for a time for the, the planet to, to breathe and to restore, which is kind of what we're seeing in some parts of the world as our economic systems kind of fall apart. Um, this was an invitation for us to reimagine and to you know, really step into new ways of living. And I got some feedback from a nurse, which was really um, quite useful to me. She she was saying that you know she's looking at the, the kind of coalface, and that there are people with autoimmune diseases, and she's treating cancer patients, and that this is a very real reality. And so that when we're talking about these things, we have to acknowledge that um, the, the different places that everyone's at, the different levels of privilege we all have, um, to to be sharing in this way. And I think you know you said something to me once, Bev, like some of us do have the opportunity to kind of stop and smell the roses, not all of us, not all of us do. And I think that the place of dreaming and reimagining that we talk about perhaps is for those of us who do have a moment to um, to smell the roses while remembering that a lot of people are really dealing with life and death at this time.
1: Yeah, and, I, and I'm, you know, we, we're going to talk about this soon as well. The people I'm orienting towards at the moment to nourish my spirit are people like Brene Brown, um, she has an amazing podcast. We we can give some links, I think, to everyone. Um, I don't know where, Nate, you're better technically than me at all that stuff. But maybe in the chat or, or we can send the chat's it out. That's good for it. Yeah. Yeah, great. Link to that Brene Brown podcast. It's brilliant at the moment. She's quite a resource. Um there's quite a few other resources I'll name as we talk. Um and she talks about not bypassing your own suffering and not doing comparative suffering. So I, I, I don't mention my privilege to say, you know. For everyone who's privileged, you shouldn't be sad, you shouldn't be grieving, you shouldn't be hurting, you shouldn't be frightened, you shouldn't be riven by anxiety. Uh, I think this is a real time of spiritual growth to hold paradox and both and to be able to hold your own experience of this moment and when you can metabolise that yeah, I, I think there are these, These, I, I imagine it, I draw it out as these many different circles. The first circle is personal, me, making sure that that first circle is cared for and held. And then the next one is family. And then the next one is community, however you view your community, and then the world. And each circle feeds the next circle. But you can't move to one circle until that inner circle has been nourished. And, and that's how I'm viewing it so Um, When I talk about privilege, I I am saying that acknowledging it is incredibly useful. Uh, It's not a stick to beat ourselves with. It's a a lighthouse. It's a way of saying um, if you can come up for air, now is most definitely the time to keep, coming up for air and to keep finding spaces of gentleness and softness and um, love of the world. I am feeling so much love of the world and that is because I am not worried for my safety. Mm. Um, and I and I have an organic, I'm sitting on an organic vegetable farm. <laughs> I, I'm not worried about a whole lot of things, which um, is a great enabler. So, yeah. Mm.
0: I wanna talk a bit about those circles. Um, I know you've done a lot of work on your your inner life and your community life. I've seen you do that um, for many years. And also really importantly, you've been able to extend your roots out into the, the broader community in the world, even with a lot of the work you've been doing through small giants. And I'm not sure if a lot of people know about the work that you're doing to bring about the kind of systems change that we talk about at Dumbo Feather, but I thought maybe that this might be a nice opportunity to hear some of the work uh, that you're doing. It's giants that's giants are doing. That all the businesses are doing.
1: Yeah, um, I hope it's not whiplash to go straight into the systems change conversation. Yes. Uh, how's everyone doing? Everyone happy to have conversation about systems change? Okay, me too. Yeah. Board, yeah, Brad. Um, so I feel like what what we're experiencing and what we're having this um, incredible opportunity uh, to witness in this in this moment is that we're having so many of our instincts confirmed. Around how we are supposed to live and how we are supposed to gather and organize, and um, create the place from which we we should be living, working, uh, and the way that we should be designing our systems. I know a lot of people are really grateful for the pace drop down, and for the um, a lot of people have been grateful to let go of their businesses. I know it sounds seems a bit taboo to mention that, but I, but I've had a lot of a lot of trauma, um, and then and then a lot of people grateful um, to get off the treadmill, to be forced off the treadmill, and so the systems design. What I think that we're witnessing is the fragility of the systems we've created in the economy in particular. When I always look at the system, I go all the way upstream and when I look at the economy, when we at Small Giants look at the economy, it was it, it was designed to measure GDP, so the things that it measures, not the things that we truly value, and the things it externalises most profoundly are our humanity. So the system itself is fragile and has no resilience because of that. And I'm kind of obsessed with that at the moment and that's why I wanted to have this conversation with everyone here in the Dumbo Feather community to talk about resilience and how we build inner resilience and then reflect that in our outer systems. Do you want me to be more specific with examples, Nate? it
0: could be nice to hear some of the, yeah, some of the work that's happening right now.
1: Um. One of the things is Mossy Willow Farm. We always design this as a kind of model regenerative farm um, to encourage the support of localised food systems. We need to decentralise everything. So another thing that we do at Small Giants with the Impact Investment Group is we build solar farms. So the idea of decentralising our energy use is also incredibly and profoundly important at this time. This, this, there's so many layers and I, I don't want to kind of like overwhelm the conversation, but we look at energy, we look at waste, we look at the built environment, look at the inner life of, of human beings, and we focus on all of those things in different ways. We are a B Corporation, so I don't know if there's any business people out there who are also B Corps. I think there are quite a few on the call as well. Um, We've been building in resilient business communities and resilient networks amongst businesses that are trying to lean into triple bottom line, people, planet and profit measurements. And I think that um, we have a couple of choices right now in this crisis. I don't know if you know, if anyone read the article by Yuval Harari in the Financial Times and whether we can put that link here on the side. But he was talking about the meta choices we can make right now about the system change options that we choose. And they're quite scary. We have this moment, this incredible moment to choose regenerative systems, regenerative models. For business and for how we live in the world. Um, and simultaneously, the entire system can be co opted by extractive capital and predatory capital in order to even deeper, narrow the power structures and to. Um, steer us towards a future we we really don't want as a human cohort. So I wanted to have that conversation as well today Mm, and see mm.
0: what
1: what people on this call are doing in their own communities for regenerative systems.
0: Mm. And it might actually help you as kind of leading us towards it, but a a definition of, of the new economy or how you think about the new economy, what does that mean for you, that phrase, how does it land in you?
1: To me, it's localised. To me, it's Mm relationship-driven. To me, it values all the things that make life worth living, from arts and culture to healthy local food systems with um, topsoil and fresh water and clean air. Um, I'm part of quite a f- quite a few amazing organisations, local community organisations. I think they're as important as, and they inform how we um, organise our businesses. So there's the Resilient um, and Regenerative Byron Group that I'm a part of, uh, which Catherine's a part of as well, which is doing remarkable work. Um, let me know on the chat if any of you guys have resilient and regenerative groups that you've formed in your communities, because that's really interesting to me right now. Um, <clears throat> I'm part of a mothers' group called the Radical. Hope Club. Tiff, you might want to link to the Radical Hope Club there on the side. What does and, the Radical um, Hope Club do? The Radical Hope Club is a group of mums. Um, we were living in Byron Bay for the last two years, and, and we're back down in Victoria now. And we were a whole lot of mums who were in the climate um, march and we were with our small children and all of us were really moved and quite saddened by the fact that the march was led by teenagers who were screaming at the top of their lungs, what do we want? Climate justice, you know, and they would just it didn't feel like the fibres of hope were woven into their hearts. They were afraid, and we all felt as mothers that they needed to feel that we were in charge and we were taking responsibility and accountability for our communities, and that we had our families and and we were stepping forward. So we created the Radical Hope Club. It was a whole lot of mums with babies babes in arms, uh, a lot of powerful business women and social. Uh, influencer, I don't know what that word combination is, but there are people, <laughs> and um, and and we've been moving to create change in our community where we live and where we love, and to sort of mobilise as as a small loving group of of friends. So that's something that any mm. of these be co-opted.
0: Mm. I'm really feeling at the moment in the past three weeks of, of kind of really being homebound, the power of actually staying local, you know, the slower pace of life, the, the opportunity we have just to, to kind of tread more lightly. Um, and but it requires,
1: it requires bravery and courage to say that this way that we're being forced to live now is something that is a model for where we're going, where we live at a human pace where we are connected to ourselves, our breath and each other and that we could design business and economy to reflect that, to be the, the idea of the, um, the kind of model I'm talking about, Kate Raworth talks about in her book Donut Economics and that is the idea that we can live within the bounds of the ecology and towards human flourishing And that's never been more potent a possibility than right now. We have been forced off the old economy treadmill. And can we pivot to this donut economic model? I think we can.
0: Mm, Courage. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. And, And letting go, the surrender. We've been talking a lot about the surrender. That needs to take place. Um, And
1: and there's the accept and prepare part of where we are. We need to accept the truth and prepare accordingly. And that feels really relevant. We talk about this in our Radical Hope Club. And the second part is the dream and create. And I want to answer Jeremy's question. He said he'd love to hear more about how we stop or prevent the power-hungry old economy from taking this opportunity in the direction that they want. I am compelled by this question and yet I don't want it to be the in opposition negative embattled statement. I'm trying to reframe it and maybe everyone can help me um, because I don't think that we always knew we were hospicing the old economy and that it would die hard and it wouldn't go down without a fight. And it is being dragged down now, and it is, it will fight for its right to survive. I don't know if everyone saw Scott Morrison nominated Nev Power, the CEO of Fortescue Mining, in charge of the future, uh, rebuilding of our country, which is a, is a obvious choice. But instead of being in opposition to that choice, what are the positive options we are providing? What are the pivot points and the, um, the regenerative models that we're leaning into that are a solution for the crisis that we find ourselves in and the rebuild of our world after.
0: Mm. And, and you mentioned before, you know, the people that you're orienting to, you said Brene Brown. Who else have you kind of been immersed in over this period? Um,
1: um, I wrote it down
0: Oh, you went down, great.
1: Um, Russell Brown <laughs> Russell Brand is on fire at the moment. I am loving his Instagram videos. They are hilarious and brilliant and rambling. And if you can just lock it down and get yeah. involved, he is naming a whole lot of really potent things at the moment that it's I'm
0: really just- tuned into something, isn't he?
1: yeah yeah he 's totally tuned in and and what I love is he 's an ex addict, so he talks about the twelve step program all the time, and of course, we are all addicted to the comforts of the old economy all of the our way of being was an addiction to consumerism and um, extractive narratives and extractive capital so he talks about the meta system like an addict getting off getting onto the 12-step program it's brilliant it's really really insightful and clever I'm also really loving Dr Shafali Tsabari I don't know if everyone's heard of her but she does the conscious parenting stuff um she's quite a sage she's distractingly beautiful but but <laughs> beyond that uh she she's quite wonderful and of course there are unbelievable people on this chat who are right in front of us like uh Catherine Ingram's amazing podcast and and we'll be chatting to Catherine in a few weeks but um, yeah. let us know of any other amazing things you're orienting towards and and then also just been trying to um be um, thoughtful about when I'm absorbing the news and I've decided that I'm doing that in the mornings. So getting the kids ready for school, um... And I will read the New York Times and the Financial Times, skim the age, the Australian, just to get that Aussie perspective, and then I'll shut it down. So I'll have about 20 minutes with my coffee and then uh, get the view and then not do that again. I found when I was really, really going down the rabbit hole of news, I was losing my mind
0: Mm.
1: and losing my sense of myself.
0: Mm. And it makes me think our nervous systems are taking a massive hit at this time with all of that kind of fear and anxiety that's, being forced on us, um, and there are so many practices and things we can do and um, to kind of bring some stability to our nervous systems. Um, I personally do a lot of kundalini yoga. I'm doing that every morning. Um, I walk to the creek as, as much as I can, staying <laughs> socially distant, um, being in the garden, but I also acknowledge my privilege in actually having a garden and being able to go and plant a seed every day, but so plant a seed or nurture a seed. It's so incredibly healing. Um, they're very simple, small things, aren't they? Even cooking, I'm finding, is really kind of quite a grounding thing at the moment. How, how about yeah. you, Bez? What are you? Yeah, thinking? I'm just. Uh, to add to the list? And please add your things to the chat. Yeah, box.
1: I'm seeing really oh, wonderful. Oh,
0: good. Okay. In
1: the chat, in the chat line, and uh, Thich Nhat Han is mentioned there. There's an amazing Thich Han presence meditation on Spotify as well. If someone can um, put that in the in the chat there. Um, I am compelled to be in pretty wild and rugged nature at the moment. I've yeah. never been more compelled than that to do that. I need uh, I need a good half hour top and tail of the day to ground me. Um, I'm also just making sure I'm orienting towards stabilizing, calming, and grounding information and resources. And I am not engaging with people who, not that that this is hard in my life because this is a, an, another layer of why I'm so lucky. I've really v- the best of the best people around me. Um, but just being light on with any toxic situations or any kind of need to manage things that aren't working very well, I'm just kind of shutting that down pretty quickly and and getting it done.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. Um. And I'm,
1: yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, the orientation, I'm looking at, at what yeah. people are, are writing in the chats, that's so beautiful and that's proof that our community here at Dumbo Feather is such a remarkable resource and that's why I think even these Monday morning lunchtime sessions together are going to be useful.
0: Yeah, and Barry and we were chatting before about how we can actually kind of um, draw on the collective wisdom of this community. Um, and we thought maybe if you have ideas for how we can continue to nourish uh, this community, please email me, nathan at com. I'm really interested in I'm exploring new ideas to help us move through this period together. I think,
1: I think also that us gathering here right now is about orienting towards one another. Um, Krista Tippett from On Being, she's another person I regularly orient towards, and I'm incredibly lucky also that she's a dear friend. And um, I think. We need spaces together where we're not driven by a fear narrative, where we're um, able to be driven by, someone said it this morning to me, what's possible through fear must also be possible through trust. Mm-hmm. And so I'm leaning into that and, and we want to start another conversation channel and podcast channel where we talk about the new economy models that we can lean into so I do want to have a lot of practical examples small giants is a very particular kind of example it's been mine and my husband Danny's life's work to create models and examples in each of the industries that show how they can be regenerative business models business as a force for good Um, but i think everyone can do that one of the conversations we were having the other day that i think is incredibly potent right now is the valuing of all forms of capital Mm. so we've been living in a world where financial capital has been top dog capital most most important capital it's never been true it was a a lie that we were fed and a story and a narrative that I think is um, right now being experienced as not the, not the real forms of capital we need to be exchanging in and, and working with. So the revaluing of community capital, love capital, intellectual capital, creative capital, that's, that's a really potent conversation and practice right now and we're trying to do, a, to do that now in, in our businesses. Mm. So
0: we're, we're going to move into our breakout sessions.
1: Uh, I just, there, were, there was one question in the side about any ideas um, or any thoughts on 24-7 kids at home. Mm-hmm. Um, fuck. Yeah, I feel you. Um, strap ourselves in because we've got six months of this and I just want to say that out loud. And... um I feel that we are all in this together. I know that we are all in this together and all of us have very different circumstances on how we're going to do it. But I know that for us parents to stay regulated is really, really important. So just let yourself off the hook and just be kind. The sort of number one rule at the moment, be kind. Be kind to yourself and then be kind to your family because it will, you can only be kind to your kids if you're kind to yourself. And I don't know what that means for you. But I am really, really focusing on that at the moment.
0: Mm.
1: And I'm also, you know, this is a crazy ass thing to say, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it. I'm the granddaughter of Holocaust survivors. And I grew up with stories of my grandparents' friends who lived in cupboards for five years. And they did calisthenics and maths classes with their children in in cupboards. And They were being chased and hunted and that really informs me and therefore one of our practices that we're having every morning with the kids is a gratitude practice. We're baking it into our day so that we kind of arrive at the day and we each acknowledge three things we're grateful for. And, you know, I have to squeeze it out of the 12-year-old he can find it um, and uh, we are resilient and we have it in us to really, really grow from this time, but we have to acknowledge and be grateful for the things that we do have, not just focus on the things that we don't have. What am I saying to my kids? Uh, um,
0: yeah. So, yeah, beautiful.
1: So. Last night we sat around the dinner table. So we—I've been, been cooking. Like, sorry, I said that like that's something I was actually doing. I've been watching other people cook. My husband cooking with the kids. Um, he's been getting them engaged and involved. And the kids, are, the kids are great, actually. Um, and it's and you know we consider it a class. You know, cook dinner, um, and they're loving it. And we sat around the dinner table, and my ten-year-old daughter Willow burst into tears, and she said. But when's it going to end? And I said to her that, you know, we're probably not going to get out of our home until October. And even then we're not going to know how to be with each other, that it'll be new. And that I don't know. And... Her, I got her brothers as well to be quiet. That was hard, getting the boys to be quiet <laughs> and just honour the space and sit with her and hold the feelings. And we allowed her to have her feelings. I said, yeah, a lot of people, you as well, you are going to feel sad and you are going to feel grief and you are going to feel lost and worried and anxious and that's okay because we we have each other and that's all I know. And I didn't kind of rush into giving her perspective on the world. I just let her have her feelings. And then the boys were able to have their feelings. They're less expressive than her in that really obvious way. Um, actually, my eldest son, he said, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm really resilient, like clearly. And uh, he's a he's a crack up. He goes, I, I said, you don't get an A plus for resilience and you are displaying a lot of anxiety actually you're very short-tempered um you've got a little twitch going on so so we all notice in all the different ways that you know our kids are displaying anxiety and I just allowed everyone to have those feelings by the way I'm not like this is not a how-to that's how I did it I don't know how I'm doing I'll report back in 20 years if, if it all went well um but just kind of not running away from them feels really important right now.
0: Mm -hmm. There's some questions around new business models emerging. You mentioned circular economy before.
1: So I'd love to kind of just flag that if you want to have a conversation about the new and regenerative business models, get on the Small Giants website. Kai, I don't know when that's going to be ready for everyone, but the Small Giants Instagram at Small Giants because we will be launching a regular series with models from around the world of regenerative business practice. There is some cool shit happening in the world and we just need to like adapt and model, adapt and model. I mean, like we're doing cool stuff, but it's... Yes, and I don't really want to go into... Kai, should I go into what we're doing? (laughs) You can mention it. I mean, I was just going to say, look, the website as it currently stands is the one that we've had for the last 12 years. Um, But the newsletter sign up is absolutely relevant because
0: if you sign up to the newsletter on the existing website, you'll get notification in a couple of days when the new website is live.
1: Yeah, I think that there's a lot of brilliant minds who are thinking about political and democracy restructuring, about business restructuring and systems change. I'm going to hopefully be inviting them all to converse with us as a community. So I want the Dumbo Feather community to cross over into the Small Giants community um, so that we can deep dive on those conversations. Carol Sanford is a really cool person thinking on business change, but that's like one name. Um, I don't want to throw one name at you. There are, like there is a world of opportunity here and it is for us to utilise. So I, I want to migrate everyone to that conversation if that's the one you're up for having. Mm. Awesome. And the new business models, just to like surface answer that question, they are based on the Kate Raworth donut. So it is, can we live within the bounds of the ecology and towards human flourishing while maintaining our beautiful creative minds, innovation? Profit for profit's sake has got us here. If anyone is feeling like where we are is a really great place, hands up, like epic fail on that systems design didn't solve for the problem of actually being human and vulnerable and sensitive and all the things. So we can absolutely innovate and be entrepreneurial within new business models that exist today. Mm. So I will talk more about that.
0: Mm. And I actually want to give a plug to the um, new podcast we've got coming out, Barry, that you've been doing with the Jungian Therapists.
1: Oh, my God, this is exciting, but it's only for mega nerds. (laughs) So... If you're a mega nerd and you're into Jungian analytical theory, then you are my people. I mean, you're all my people anyway, but, like, you're my mega nerd people. I am doing, um, we're going to be launching at Kai. when? At the end of the week. I'll let you know.
0: Most likely. We'll let
1: everyone on this one. I've done a series with this Jungian life. I don't know if any of you know this Jungian life. It's a podcast series. Get onto
0: it. It's incredible.
1: Genius. It's with three Jungian psychoanalysts and they are best friends. Um, hi, Kemi. I can see you there. Gorgeous woman. And um, I have done a series with them on the economy through a Jungian lens. It is some wild shit. And I have had the most amazing time doing it. And it will speak to some of those interior remodelings that we need to do. We examine a whole lot of amazing topics. It's rad. Um, I've been holding off launching it because I wanted to get it perfect, um, which is not a thing that a person yeah. can do. <laughs> <He> Kemi's <kept laughs> laughing at me. Not a thing. So I've decided that I'm gonna just put it out in the world on. Friday, I think, Jazz will tell me if that's correct, but I'll let you all know and then you can nerd out on that union conversation of the new economy. Yes.
0: Everyone, thank you so much. There's been lots of comments here saying, can we publish the chat function and make it a resource? I think we should absolutely do that. There's so many good resources for us all to draw on. Barry, thank you for your insights, your wisdom, you. your thank leadership. You. We didn't even have a conversation around leadership, but I think we experienced your leadership uh, in that <laughs> hour together. Thank you, everyone, for showing up to this. Um, can, I just, can I just say yeah. something
1: about leadership for anyone who's wondering about leadership. Hmm. leadership? Leadership is not having all the answers. Leadership is not being perfect. Leadership looks like love in action. Leadership is being your most authentic self to the point that you can bear, being your most three-dimensional human self with the people whom you are leading. And leadership is often from behind, not in front. Mm. I love you all and I wish Mm -hmm. you all much
0: peace. Yeah, I I wanted to finish the last... chat that i had last week a zoom chat um my impulse was to say to my friend to hold on and then she wisely said to me well maybe it's let go so i'm going to be extending that invitation to you all um, and i hope to see you next week with you mckay um, and please keep keep sharing with us and, and and how we can keep nourishing you all so much love
1: much love thank Bye-bye. you Bye-bye. see you guys take care